Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. Grab your journal. You are watching a master at work. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. I pray that each and every one of you guys is having a great morning. I pray that you got to work on time. I pray that you drank some tea because we're leaving coffee behind in 2020. I pray that you had your cup of water. Guys, I've read something last night that talked about how it's important to have a cup of water when you wake up in the morning because it really gets your digestive system flowing. So I pray that you guys drunk a cup of water, got some tea, got some time to meditate and just do some quiet time and really get your morning off to a great start. I pray that you drive to work safely. It's raining here in Florida. So if you're in Florida, drive safe. And I pray that this podcast, like y'all, today's episode, mm, like um. I'm I'm just ready to dive in. So if you're not driving, if you're at home, grab your journal. If you are driving, I pray that you can just take some mental notes and dive back into this later or remember it later because this is a word where like y'all, my quiet time got extended. Like I, I just could not stop. And I actually think this might even be a two-part episode simply because What I have to talk about today is mainly from the male's perspective. And what I mean by that is, as a woman, what should a man be displaying? So I'm kind of excited to talk about this. And once I finish this episode, I'm I'm going to go read the scripture again. And if I find a lot of points referring to the woman's perspective, then this will be a two part episode. So you guys will just have to tune in on Monday and see if it's a two-part episode or if I have another topic for you guys. It's all depending on what God wants me to say. But as for today, I'm just going to dive right in. So when I woke up this morning and I prayed about the episode, I wrote at the top of my notes, purpose and gender roles. Somebody commented on the Christian Bay podcast and said gender roles. Actually, my best friend Jazz, she commented and she said gender roles. And that's what I wanted to dive into today. And I feel like God really gave me a lot of information, guys. So the book that he led me to was Genesis chapter one, verse 27 through 28. And if you go to church, if you know anything about the Bible, you don't even have to go to church. I knew this before I started going to church that Genesis talks about when God created man and God, Genesis talks about when God created everything really. But this particular verse, verse 27 and 28 says, God created mankind in his image and in his likeness. So that's the first thing that really stood out to me during my quiet time today, because it was just a reminder that he created us in his image, meaning to look like him and to also act like him. That's what likeness means. So then it says male and female, he created them. And I found this verse 
interesting because there was always an intention for a man to have a woman, but work was done before the woman was ever formed. Let me say that again. God always had an intention to create woman because it said it early in Genesis chapter one, but the woman was not created until towards the end of chapter two of Genesis. So from the beginning of chapter one, when God first had the thought, I'm going to create man and woman, it was some preparations that had to be made before we were even made as beings. God prepared for what he had promised and what he knew was going to come to pass, which was us. And then after he created man, after he created Adam, he still had more work that was done before the woman was created. I'm getting ahead of myself, y'all. Let me let me go back to my notes. So there was always an intention for man to have a woman, but work was done first. And Genesis chapter 128, God says, be fruitful and multiply, rule over everything. This is him talking about what he's about to do. He's speaking it into existence. I'm going to create male. I'm going to create man and woman and they will be fruitful and multiply. This is what they are going to do. It's kind of like how we speak things before we see it. I'm going to start this business and this business is going to prosper. It's going to reach the nations. It's going to leave behind legacy. This is me speaking about what I'm going to create. I'm, I'm speaking it into the atmosphere. This is manifestation. So then in Genesis chapter two, now we're out of chapter one In chapter two, verse two, it said, God finished his work and rested on the seventh day. This is when God planted trees. He created rivers and he named them. The Lord God took Adam and put him in the garden to work and take care of it. God gave him authority and responsibility. And this is at this time, Adam is created. And God has his creation, which is nature, which is earth. And now he also has Adam, but he's putting Adam, the man, to work. This is what I created. This is what you are over. You're ruling over this. I need you to name these things. I'm giving you a certain level of authority over these things that I've created for you. I need you to see your possessions. I need you to be aware of your power. I need you to know who you are. You are the head and not to tell. I need you to understand responsibility. I'm giving you these rivers, but you have to name them. You have to call them out. These are the trees. This is when in verse 15, this is when God told Adam, I've planted these trees from you and you have abundance. You can eat from every tree, but do not eat from that tree. This is when he gave him authority and responsibility at the same time. He was showing Adam his manhood. He was showing him who he was. I'm letting you know who you are. This is where Adam's purpose comes into play. You have authority over things. You name things. You call out things. You are the head. You are first. This is who you are as a man. That's why I created you first. So you know how everything runs because you're going to be ruler over it. So in verse 18, after authority and responsibility and rules were created for Adam and he began to allow Adam to practice walking in this and walking in his authority and calling out different rivers and naming different things. And he set boundaries for Adam after he completely molded Adam. That's what I really want you guys to get from this part is that he molded Adam. He showed Adam who he was. He showed Adam what he will be having him do. I need you calling out things in this life. I need you knowing what you're over. And I also need you knowing that as your father, there will be some things that I restrict you from. And I need you to honor me enough to stay restricted from these things. 
another major key that I want you guys to write down and to focus on is that he let Adam know the restrictions before he gave him his wife. There was a certain standard that Adam had to live up to as a man by himself. I'm speaking to you one-on-one. It was God and Adam. Adam had his own intimate relationship with God. That's very, very, very important when it comes to gender roles, when it comes to purpose. I need you to know what did God create you to do? What type of skills did God place inside of you? What type of authority did God give you? How are you using your voice? What type of restrictions did God give you? And are you following those restrictions? All of these things are important when you're choosing a significant other, because what you have to remember is that your significant other, he is the head of your household. That's why God created man first, because man is the leader. Something that my grandma told me when I first got married, she said to me, God, um, she said, man is God's glory and woman is man's glory. And what that means is that the love that man has for God, I'm sorry, the love that God has for man which is why God created man first. It's a certain level of intimacy. It's a certain level of bond. Man is supposed to represent God in a household. You are the head. You are the leader. That's why it's important for you to be submitted to God as a man because man is God's glory, but a woman is man's glory. So the way that God looks at man, that's how man looks at woman, which is why we are under them. They are our head. We, they are who we submit to because we they see us as their glory. So my grandma let me know that from head on, which is why in most cases is usually the woman that brings a man to Christ because woman is God's glory. So there are many situations to where if God wants a man's attention or if he wants a man's heart, he will use a woman to get that man's heart. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the story of Samson, um, the man who the strongest man ever, and he found his strength from his hair. When they wanted to defeat him, they used a woman to come in and seduce him. And she got him to lay his head on her lap. And that's how they chopped off his hair. And his hair was his strength. They used a woman to seduce him. So as a woman, and since we're talking about purpose and gender roles, as a woman, we have to know the power that we possess when it comes to man. That was kind of a small tangent, but I don't know. I'm just, you know, y'all, I'm just going with the flow, letting the spirit speak. So let me get back to my notes. So after verse 18, where God gives authority and responsibility and rule, God says, it is not good for man to be alone. This is where the true test happened. When you spend time getting getting whole in Christ and learning who you are, he reveals things to you. He gives you your purpose. He gives you instructions. He gives you restrictions. But the test is how will you respond when there's another person in the union that you and God created? It's kind of like how when we're younger, my um, our parents tell us, don't get in public and start acting out. Don't don't forget who you is in public. Don't think my mom used to be like, don't think I won't tell you up in front of these people or act like, you know, act like, you know what I taught you at home. Don't forget who you are when you get in the presence of others. And I really took this note down because I felt like it applied to man and woman because we both have to stay grounded in who we are before we get in a relationship. I hear so many people say, well, I got with this person and 
I changed this. And sometimes change is good because change comes with growth. So there are some things that you should change. If you're changing in a way that bears fruit of the spirit, then it's good. But if you're changing your principles, your morals, if you're changing the authorities and the restrictions that God gave you, if you're changing in a way that contradicts God's word, that's where you lost me. So don't don't feel like I'm saying all change is bad because I'm not. As long as the change is leading to spiritual progress, if you're changing in a way that's making you more like God, pushing you closer to being like his image and in his likeness, which was his ultimate goal. If your spouse or your significant other is making you change in a way and you can identify more Christ in you from the change that they're activating in you, then yes, this probably is the person that God has for you because they're pulling out fruits of the spirit. But if they're causing you to change in a way that does not reflect Christ, that's a definite sign that this person is probably not the one for you. The spirit just told me that I need to go into detail as to what do I mean by changing in a way that does not reflect Christ? What I mean by that is you're pulling up to his house, you're cursing him out, you're stalking him, you stand up all night because you're trying to stay by the phone and make sure he ain't talking to no other girls, make sure he's not on social media, you losing sleep, you can't eat, you're stressing, you're crying every day, you sh- you're short-tempered, you're cussing him out, you never used to be like that, your friends are telling you you're acting funny, you're going through depression, you have anxiety, you can't think straight. All of these are not fruits of the spirits, sweetie or sir. Those are not fruits of the spirit. This person is taking you out of character. And that is never God's intention. That is never God's plan. That's actually taking 10 steps back instead of two steps forward. You need to cut it off ASAP. Okay? Cut that off. No, I'm not even progressing as a person with you. I'm becoming somebody that I can't recognize. My family and friends can't recognize me. So I know God is definitely in heaven. Like what in the me is going on? Like what? Cut it off. (laughs) I just realized I said what in the me? What in the me? Because you're supposed to be in my image. And sweetie, I can't even recognize you. So will you lose yourself? When God brings a significant other into a picture after he said it is not good for a man to be alone, that's when the true test begins. So verse 18, he stated that he would make Adam a helpmate. But in verse 19, Adam didn't have a spouse. That was very interesting to me because oftentimes we as a people feel like, okay, God, you said this, so this should be happening now. You promised me this. So where is it? You're promising me a husband, so where is he? And in the next verse, we want that promise in the next verse. But the next verse stating that Adam was still put to work, it shows that even after the promise, there's still a process. So verse 19 was talking about how Adam was still working. He had to stay focused on purpose until God was ready to bring that helpmate that he mentioned in verse 18. So in verse 19, God had Adam naming animals, using his authority, showing him his leadership qualities. Before I bring you your spouse, I'm going to show you who you are. Naming animals may seem small, but as a man, I need you to be able to speak and call out things. I need you to use your mind and your voice. You will need the same authority when I bless you with the helpmate that I said I will make for you. 
Now, if you're taking notes, this is a major key. As I was reading this, God said, it's not good for men to be alone. Isn't what God said to Adam. That's not, he didn't say that to Adam. This is what God was thinking. So let me say it again. When I was reading this, I realized that when God said it's not man, it's not good for man to be alone, this was a thought. So all of this time, Adam knew nothing about God planning to make him a helpmate or when or how it would happen. All God had Adam doing was working and focusing on purpose. That's all Adam knew. That's all Adam did. Like, do y'all see that? He never said to Adam, hey, I'm going to make you a helpmate. I'm just letting you know, but get back to work. Now, the good thing about God is that he does give us promises, especially if he sees us growing weary or, you know, he sees the desires of our heart. He's such a good father that he will show us prompting. So I'm pretty sure Adam may may or may not have had a sign that eventually some other being would come. But he never said to Adam, I'm going to make you a helpmate. This was God's thought. Hmm, I'm looking at this man that I created and I see that it's not good for him to be alone. So the minute that God thought that, it was already beginning to come into manifestation. But Adam did not see it, did not know it, or could not pinpoint how it would happen. And I felt like that was a good point and a major key because we have promises that God has shown us a sign or even dropped into our spirit. Even if he didn't say it to us directly, he dropped it into our spirit and we don't know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. But you know how you just have that gut feeling that something is going to happen. I'm pretty sure that that's the feeling that Adam had. But even though there was a promise in his gut, God still had Adam in the process working, working on purpose because it all aligned together. And I felt like this was a major key because it ties into the title, which is purpose and gender roles. Adam had the purpose, but his process was still needed before he could ever get the promise. So when he named the animals, this was his husband training. So you name these animals and I give you authority over them. I'm showing you this before I give you a woman. I'm showing you how to call out things. And I think it was so funny that if we skip ahead, what or who deceived Eve? A serpent, which is what? An animal, which which what? God had given Adam authority over. God had told Adam to name all animals. But what did we talk about earlier? Losing yourself. Because I told you you're over these animals. You named these animals. Yet it was an animal that deceived the woman that I gave you. Ain't that something? All right. Let me get back to my notes, y'all. Because look, I just be going on tangents. This is probably going to be two parts because I got some notes, y'all. Okay. Verse 21, God put Adam to rest. This, this, this was the one right here. Verse 21, after going through the process and showing him the um, purpose and having the gut feeling about the promise, God put Adam to rest. This, oh, that was good, Holy Spirit. This is the step that a lot of us skip. We get the promise, the gut feeling. We go through the process. We begin to see purpose manifest. Peep that I said we see purpose manifest, not the promise. Because process, 
prepares us for purpose. It brings purpose to life, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the promise is there yet, right? We go through all of these steps, but we oftentimes forget to rest because we feel like I can't rest until this promise that you have promised me comes to pass. Where is it? When is it coming? So we begin to stress and lose sleep over a promise that God has given us and we skip out on the rest part. Just like if we t- if we compare it to a business, you have the gut feeling that, that you're going to have a successful business. So that's the promise from the beginning. Now, the process is figuring out the name, the business license, the EIN, the LLC, the 501c3, the grants, the startup funds, the participation, planning your first event. This is all a part of the process, which initially is rooted from the promise that's in your gut. Now, when you have your first event, that is you seeing your purpose. That does not mean that your first event will be a sold out event that reaches the nations, which is the ultimate promise that's in your gut. When that happens, we begin to stress out because I don't wait, I don't did all this and it's not what you initially promised me. After going through the process and seeing purpose come to pass, God wants us to continue in the process and continue in purpose and rest in that. Because when you rest in that, he fulfills the promise in his own perfect, perfect timing. It does not say what day Adam rested. It just lets us know that in verse 21, God put Adam to rest. How many days was Adam going through process and purpose before the promise came during his rest? We don't know how many days it was, but we do know that it came out of a place of rest. Could it be because a woman is supposed to be a man's resting place? Could it be because a woman is supposed to be a man's peace? Because after all, she was created from him during his most peaceful state, him resting. Are y'all catching this? Let me say it again. Could it be because a woman is supposed to be a man's resting place from all the processing and all the purpose and all the working and all the preparing that he's been doing in life? Now I've given you a place, a woman to rest. I've created your helpmate, somebody to make the load lighter. This is where a woman's purpose and this is where the gender roles come in for a woman because that in itself speaks volumes. The woman was created out of Adam's resting, not him being lazy because he was still processing and still working towards the promise. But in his time of rest, God created a woman, a helpmate to come make this load lighter. Now, verse 22 says he brought her to him. He, God, brought her, Eve, to Adam. He brought her to him. Stop trying to force a marriage. Stop trying to force yourself to be a wife to somebody who probably does not see you as their wife. That's just bottom line. I can't say it any more nicer, make it any more clear. God brought her to him. That's it. When even if because there has been some situations where women claim that God let them know that that was their husband before it was their husband, even if that is the case, when it was time, God still brought that woman to that man. 
So even if you feel like you're one of those women where you know that this is going to be your husband, let God bring you to him. Let God, let him know that you're the one. Don't you try to make yourself be the one or make him be convinced. You're, you're too valuable to be out here convincing somebody of your worth and who you are. No, sweetie, if you don't know, then don't know over here. Like, don't not know over here. Come over here when you 100% sir. Sir, look, I can't even get that because it don't make no sense. Come over here when you're 100% certain because you got the game all messed up if you think I'm finna try to sell my worth to you. No, Eve was created, presented, period. Verse 23 tells us that Adam said, this is now bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. Now, grab your journals. If you have them, make sure you got a clean sheet. Make sure if you drive in, just use this as a mental note. I want you to really understand what I'm about to say. God brought her to him, not let her stand, search, and then pick him. Now, of course, it was nobody else around, but the point is her position, her assigned husband was already chosen before her existence she was literally his missing piece. She was created to help and fulfill a part of him that was missing, which is why he was able to identify her without second guessing. I don't I don't personally have kids, but if I did, if I saw them, I would know if they were bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. What do I mean by that? Don't be trying to convince the man that you are a good wife or their wife because Adam said, She was taken out of man, meaning that the man that God has for you will be able to use those skills that God taught him and identify and name and call out that this is the woman that came out of me. She is my missing piece. Remember, God had Adam calling out animals and naming them. Now I need you to call out and name this woman and understand that I took her from you. This is bone of your bone, flesh of your flesh. Adam was only able to say that because he had been used to identifying things. So when he saw her, he identified his wife. I know exactly where you came from. I know exactly who you are because I've been practicing this throughout the process. This is how purpose and gender roles plays together to form the promise of God. Even when we go through the process, we do things and we don't see how it aligns with the promise. How does me naming these animals lead to me having a wife? How does me naming these animals lead to me having a helpmate? Because I need you to be able to identify who your helpmate is when I bring her to you. Verse 24 says, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh because you, the wife, are literally a part of me that God allowed to be missing intentionally. That means that he created you from me for me. This is something that that Adam had to be able to identify. He had to be able to call it out. And he only got those skills from spending time in God's presence and going through the process that God had planned for him, which led to him now being able to call out his missing piece. That thing right there that you want me to identify, that looks like me. That feels like me. Feels like something is missing in me and that belongs. This is my wife. She will be called woman because she came from man, which is me. Adam did this. 
And he would not have been able to do it without going through the process. So if you are in a process and you're thinking about relationships, you're thinking about marriage, I need you to understand that God takes you through a process. He takes this. This goes back to enjoying your single season. God, you are so good for tying it together. This goes back to enjoying your single season. In your single season, you experience this process that I'm talking about. Adam was in his single season before Eve was created, but that single season allowed him to be able to identify what his promise was, what it looked like, and who it was when God brought it to him. Are y'all keeping up with me? The process that God took Adam through, it allowed him to be able to find out who he was, show him his purpose, show him the powers that he possessed and the authority that he has and the responsibility that he has so that when God took something from him, Adam was able to identify that mm, this mm, I didn't always feel like this. That is a part of me missing and it's looking like her. She's my missing piece because I've spent so much time in your presence, God. I know what it feels like to be whole in you. I know what it feels like to be in my purpose and to be completely filled in you. So if you take something or if I'm presented with something that feels like it fits me, I'm able to identify and call that out because I've been operating in a whole state for so long. I know what fits with me and what doesn't fit with me. And she feels like my missing piece. I need you guys to really understand how important the process is like it's very important and it will help you filter through what fits with you and what doesn't fit with you because you spend so much time with you and God and him showing you who you are that the enemy can't present you with something and you just take it. No, I know who I am. I spent time in the process and this doesn't look or feel like me. So this got to go. I'm sorry, but you're not the one. You're not, I'm I'm probably not your missing piece because I'm not really meshing with you too well. If, if you're a man listening to this, you don't feel like you fit into what I have going on. I have a whole process here before I was ever presented with you. Before you even came here, I was going through the process. I was working in the fields. I was naming animals. And now you're here and you don't really align to the vision that God has already shown me I'm supposed to be doing. I'm going to have to pass. I, I'm going to head out period. Y'all, I'm going on another tangent. Let me get back to my notes. We about to wrap it up. I promise. So verse 25, it says, Adam and his wife, this is the last verse of Genesis chapter two. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Now I really wanted to include this verse because I took being naked as a sign of vulnerability and they were vulnerable in each other's presence and they felt no shame. And I feel like that comes when you know that you're supposed to be together. It's easy to be vulnerable in a secure and safe space. But that's something that we will dive into on the next episode, because this one is getting long. And I promised you guys that I would try to keep these short. So that means you have to tune into to the next episode, which will be on Monday. So that we can dive into this whole naked, vulnerable thing. It might be a part two that just specifically focus on the woman or if God got a new word, y'all just going to have to get that word. But I don't, I don't even know. Like I wake up in the morning, I pray and God just gives me this word and I just give it to y'all. So we both will be excited to see the word that comes on Monday 
pertaining to our Wife Talk series, I pray that today's word really touched you guys, and I pray that you share it. Let's pray out. Father God, first and foremost, we want to thank you for blessing us with another day. Father God, I pray that each and every person listening to this podcast, I intercede on their behalf, Father God, and I pray that you cover them, Father God. I pray that you protect them, Father God, as they're traveling to and from their destinations, Father God. Give them traveling mercies, Father God. Give them a peace of mind today, Father God. Show them the process that they're in, Father God, and how it's leading them to purpose, which will ultimately lead them to their promise, Father God. I pray that you allow them to stay strong and endure the process so that they don't grow weary in doing well, Father God. I pray that you let them receive this word and allow it to plant seeds of faith within them, Father God. Plant seeds of promise, plant seeds of trust in you and your way of going about life, Father God. I thank you for this fresh word, Father God. I thank you for this revelation that you've given me. And I pray that you just continue to use me as your willing vessel, Father God. Allow your Holy Spirit to run through me so that I can continue to deliver these words on your podcast, Father God, on the platform that you've given me. I pray that it touches each and every person. And I pray that throughout this month, they are filled with love and an unconditional love and agape love that comes from you and only you, Father God. Give them the discernment to see their missing piece, to see where they fit in and to see who you've called them to help in this world. We love you, Father God, and we'll forever praise your name. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. Head over to the Instagram at the Christian Bay podcast. If you're not following, please follow. Also, I put up an IGTV yesterday, which talked about how to not idolize a love interest and instead how to keep God first. So go check that out. Go listen to that. Go comment that and share that. Drop any new comments with new topics that you would like me to discuss. Post this podcast on your story, on your page. Tag a few friends. Share it with a few friends and tell them all about this series. Y'all, y'all know how you talk so much in your mouth start like getting dry. At this point, that's where I'm at, okay? Last thing, I am having an event on March 15th. It is going to be in Miami, Florida. So if you are in the Broward County or Miami, Florida, I want to see you there. Just like you listen to this podcast, it's going to be similar to this, but in person, you're going to be able to get a word. So pull up to the event. I cannot give too many details because it is the private polished party, but I need you guys to know that when you come, you will not leave the same. I do have some early bird tickets up on Eventbrite or on my website. Just search the private polished party. The early bird tickets are $40. So if you can come, if you're in the area, please go in there and secure your tickets before they run out. The regular tickets will be on sale next week. I look forward to seeing you guys and thank you so much for tuning into my podcast. I love you guys and I'll talk to you on Monday. Bye. Happy Saturday and welcome to the Christian Bay podcast where Christ and culture connects. I pray that you guys are having a great weekend. I told you guys on a few episodes back, I think it was like Wednesday, I told you guys that I will be doing episodes every day for a week if you guys sent me the gorilla and the heart emoji. And a lot of you sent it to me, so I was like, ooh, they really want me to be out here working. So here I am keeping my promise. It's Saturday, and I'm here with another episode for you guys. But today, I'm doing something a little different. This episode is going to be a small business Saturday episode. So 
If you guys haven't heard, I have an event coming up March 15th in Miami, Florida, and it's titled The Private Polish Party. This event is the charging place for powerhouses. So if you are a woman that's a powerhouse, you're strong-minded, you know who you are, or you want to be that woman, you want to embody those characteristics, this is the event for you. And with that being said, I wanted to start something to where on Saturdays I post like business tips, business advice, and all things of that nature leading up to the event. So if you haven't already, go over to my website, thechristianbay.com, and get your ticket. I have one more early bird ticket available. And once those are sold out, I will be um, releasing the regular VIP ticket. So it's very important person because, you know, y'all bosses. This is a place, this is an event for bosses. So the very important person tickets will launch once the early bird tickets are sold out. And I only have one more left. So head over to my website for that. You can also go on Eventbrite and type in the private polish party and secure your seat, sis, because I have a lot of gems and I have a lot of stuff that we're going to be tapping into at this event, mostly into the presence of God. 